Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. scriptures here. We're actually going to continue with something we started in the end of last year, and that is the protection of the Lord, protection, divine protection in perilous times. And I don't know if you listen to the news very much. I would advise you not to. Um, A lot of the news that's happening today is very, very slanted. Some of it's not even accurate. Some of it's just outright lies and false. And um, if you do listen to the news, be very cautious which channels you listen to. Um, I um, just just hearing about the whole Iran thing and the missiles that were fired and how, how we, America took out that high-ranking terrorist and um, praise God the, the man had blood on his hands he he had plans to do more and and so America sent a drone over there and took him out and then Iran threatens to uh, puts an 80 million dollar uh, reward whoever cuts off President Trump's head and anybody that jokes about that or thinks about that. Um, needs to be very cautious because we're talking about God's anointed. Um, whoever, whoever's in that position is anointed of the Lord, and whether they're even saved or not, but we know Donald Trump is. But, um, you know, you just have to... I, I think one of the worst things, one of the worst things in America right now is the media. I'm not even sure if it's not the beast in Bible prophecy, you know, the false prophet, the antichrist, and the beast... Um, the influence, because it doesn't say it's an actual person, but you really got to watch out because the power of their of their satellites and the power of their programs is very persuasive, especially if you're um, you know not in the Word very much, you're you're not going to church very much. The Bible says in the last days, even the very elect would be deceived if they're not close to God like they should be. Um, but I'm thankful for our president, and when, when President Obama was in office, I was thankful for our president then. President Trump's in office. I'm thankful for our president now. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because, because my main concern is not who's in office, although it concerns me. My main concern is are we going to pray for who's in office so God can work through them? Yeah, right. Because God will work through anybody, even Nebuchadnezzar, right. if God's people will pray for him. Right. But if God's people are persecuting and cussing and cursing and complaining, they're actually hurting the cause of what, God, what you know, is good for the country because they're doing the opposite of what the Lord said to do. Complaining is of the devil. Praying is of God. Right. Right. And sometimes people just need to really get these things straight. And I, um, I want to show you here, though, in Luke 13, I want to talk about um, a couple things tonight. I want to talk about one thing we talked about a little bit in previous sessions, and that is why God can't protect everybody, though He wants to in this area of divine protection. Um, Thank God, there's protection in all realms. I mean, the Bible says the Lord Himself is our shield and our buckler and our high tower and our rock of offense. The Bible says we have angels that are not little naked babies with bow and arrows. They're 8 to 10 to 12 feet creatures of power and they love us and they war and they take care of us and they protect us. 
The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us away from dangerous situations He knows are going to happen. He knows where the bullets are flying. He knows where the bombs are going to go off. And if you and I will listen accurately to the Holy Spirit, we will never be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Are you listening, church? And I want to show you here, and I want to bring this out a little bit stronger, and that is why God can't protect everybody, including good people at times. And in Luke 13, some tragedies had happened in the days of Jesus, like some tragedies that have happened today. Um, buildings crumbling and people getting killed with swords. And, and he had some interesting things to say about this. So look with me in Luke 13, verse 1. So it says in the Bible that there were present at that season some that told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So what's going on here? Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, decided one day to slaughter a bunch of people, I guess just for kicks, which was very demonic, and started cutting the people up while they were sacrificing their animals like the Old Testament said to do. So I don't know what happened. I don't know why he did this, if he was drunk or demon-possessed or what. But Pilate decided to kill a bunch of worshipers while they were worshiping the Lord the way the Old Testament said to worship. Just crazy. Mingled their blood with the blood of these sacrifices. And Jesus, and so this tragedy happens. He finds out about it, and he addresses it. And here's what he said. Jesus answered and said unto them, do you suppose that these Galileans that were slain, do you suppose that they were sinners above or worse sinners than all the Galileans because they suffered these things? And he's, he's, he's addressing something very pertinent to today. Oh, I wonder what kind of sin was in their life that they got in that, that place where that bomb went up. Oh, I wonder what kind of sinners they were. The Lord pretty much corrects that and says that is not the case. <laughs> How many know you don't have to be a bad person for a bad thing to happen to you? This is a war zone. And if we don't know a few things, you could be picked off and be a super clean, squeaky clean, good person. This is a war zone. Did you ever notice in war, good people sometimes go down as well as the bad people? Did you ever notice that in war, it's not just bad people that get killed on the battlefield? And here it says, he says, I bet you're thinking that these people that were killed when Pilate went down and did this terrible thing, this terrorist thing, I bet you're thinking that the people that got killed were really, really worse sinners than everybody else in Galilee. He said, I tell you no. Look at that. Verse 3, he said, I tell you no. They were not badder, worse sinners above all that were in Galilee. Uh-uh. He said no. But he said but except you repent, now he's talking to people that are alive, he says, but except you repent, you're all likewise perish. Interesting. So go on, read here. It says, verse 4, or he said, Jesus said, what about those 18 people upon whom the tower of Siloam fell? Something happened, earthquake or something, the tower fell and slew them. 18 people died. Do you think that they were sinners above all, or worse sinners than all that lived in Jerusalem? He says, I tell you, no. But except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Now, what's he talking about here? He said it wasn't their sin, but then he said you got to repent if you don't want it to happen to you. What's he saying here? He's obviously not talking about repenting from acts of sin. He's talking about turning around from a lifestyle that almost everybody on this planet is living, which is a lifestyle of not following God's plan for their life, a lifestyle of not being interested in the leading of the Holy Spirit, a lifestyle that's not 
Do you know most people on this planet, including Christians, when they wake up in the morning, they're not going, Lord, your will be done. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, is there any tweaks in my schedule today you want me to be aware of? Lord, what's your plan for my life? Most people wake up and pretty much do what they want to do or what they've decided to do months ago. The routines they're, they're living in. So let me ask you this question now. Well, before I ask you the question, let me say this. We know that these people that were killed and that were not protected for some reason, which God wanted them protected, it's not God's will that anybody dies like this. He's not a killer or a stealer or a destroyer. The devil is. But he says, let me just say this. These, these people weren't bad people, but can we conclude this? They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. How many think they were in the wrong place at the wrong time? What if they weren't there? What if something tried to lead them not to be there at that time, but they were just kind of going on around their own route, not, not even knowing, maybe just ignorantly just, you know, doing what they want to do, being around what... Oh, church, do you see this? This, this is very interesting here, but... It answers a lot of questions on why bad things happen to good people. Why did this bad thing... Can we, can we all agree with this, that if these people weren't where Pilate went to kill all these people with the sword and mingle their blood with the blood of the animals they were sacrificing, can we conclude that if they weren't there that day, they would not have died that day? Can we conclude that the 18 that were slayed, that were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell, can we conclude that if those people weren't there that day, they wouldn't have died that day? Yes. But good people all the time are in places where these things happen. And it's not because they're bad. They're not worse sinners. But you know, you could be a really good person and just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Not even intentionally, just kind of, you know, loving people, care about people, just kind of going your way and, and doing your thing. And, but you know what? Being good cannot take the place of following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. Following the leading of God in your life is one of the most important subjects you'll ever need to learn or study about. So, why were they in the wrong place at the wrong time, but at the same time not bad people? Because they have free will. You have a free will. I have a free will. And we can go anywhere we want to go, do anything we want to do, be anywhere we want to be, and the whole time, we could be the nicest people in the bunch. Being nice, being good, cannot take the place of listening to God and His plan for your life. Hmm? And I, I believe that, because you, you know He's not talking about repenting just from sin, because He said their great, or big, little sin didn't have anything to do with it. He's talking about a repentance in a different area. Because He said they weren't worse sinners, is why this happened. But then he says, except you all repent. Repent from what? 
Maybe he's saying repent from just waking up every day of your life and doing what you want to do. Maybe there's a God, and there is, who has a plan for your life. He's not going to make you do anything. He's not going to push you to do anything. But what if we listened more clearly? What if we got more in tune? What if we prayed every day, got more sensitive to God in our life, His leadings in our life? Well, then now we're not just good people going anywhere we want to go. We're good people led by the Spirit going where He wants us to go, doing what He wants us to. And you know, a lot of times, it's just going to be one foot in front of the other. Every day you get up, you go to work, you do this, you do that. But don't you think it'd be profitable every day before you leave the house just to pray a little? Just to kind of say, Lord, I love you. I worship you here. Some good, a 15-minute good sermon, a part of a sermon, read some scriptures, and then leave the house with the attitude of, Lord, now, you know my daily schedule. And I'm a man of faithfulness and integrity. I'm going to be to work on time, and I'm going to do things great at work, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But if there's any adjustments today in any of my schedule, how I get to work, how fast I go, how slow I go, which route I take, just, just kind of live in, a, in an attitude of, you know what? God and me are talking all the time. Okay, let me just share this with you. One of the best ways to be led by the Spirit is to, to adopt the Bible phrase, praying always. What it's talking about is praying on every occasion. He's talking about having and being in an attitude of prayer all day long, every day. I like, uh, one, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, he was a great man of faith. He's in heaven now in the uh, late, uh, early 1900s. Tremendous power flow to this man. He'd raised many people from the dead, got people that were insane delivered. People were set free all the time in his ministry. Amazing healings. God really used this guy. He was a plumber. And uh, one day, invitations to speak overtook his plumbing business. He, he felt like that was God's call to preach because now he had very little time to plumb, and he had more invitations to speak than anything, so he took that as a sign that God wanted him to go in full-time ministry, and he did. And his ministry was earth-shaking. I mean, Brother Hagen looked up to him. I'm sure they're hanging out and laughing in heaven right now. But one time Smith Wigglesworth was asked, because, you know, they, everybody wants to know the secret of his power. And he has a book called The Secret of His Power. It's a great book. It'll, it'll blow you out of the natural. It's so good. But the book, they asked him, they said, Smith, how, how long do you pray? I mean, you must pray hours and hours. How, how long do you pray? I mean, to have power like this, raising the dead, casting devils out of people, people getting set free mentally, physically, how long do you pray? He said, I never pray more than a half hour, but I never go a half hour without praying. Think about that. He said, I never pray longer than a half hour, but I never go a half hour without praying. In other words, he lived a life of constant communion with God. He might not have been taught, you know, praying for an hour, but he constantly prays all day long, constantly in tune with God, constantly checking with the Lord to see what direction do you have for my life? What do you want me to do different than what I normally do today? Oh, this is so important. The Holy Spirit knows where crazy people are on the highways. He knows where drunk drivers are. He knows where bullets are going to be flying. He knows where bombs are going to go off, right? He knows if a meteorite's going to hit the earth. 
He knows where there's plagues and diseases floating around. He knows where bad food is. This may sound a little strange to you, but we, we, I try not to be led by my stomach when it's time to go out to eat. I still try to be led by the Spirit of God. Just check and see. Oh, yeah, my tummy would really like to go over here, but is there an uneasiness in my spirit about that? Deeper than my stomach. Um, and these things can really cost you. I mean, how many would still be with us today? Good people. How many people would still be on the earth? Good people. How many would still be with us today if they just received some more teaching on how to be led by the Spirit of God? How you can be led. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're a child of God, you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Even Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm, most of us know it, heard it from our childhood. He leads me beside still waters. He guides my paths in righteousness for his name's sake. What kind of waters does God want you around? Still waters. What if you're in constant turmoil and problems and death situations? Well, he didn't lead you there. I'm not saying it's a problem-free life, but I am saying we get through everything and we come out without the smell of smoke on us. If we're being led by the Spirit of God, He knows. There's been times in my life, I know, I've just been checked in my spirit. I, I'd kind of been in a hurry. It's time to go. I've got to get to the office. You've got to watch out about being in a hurry because you can override the quiet promptings of the Holy Spirit and actually miss a life-saving direction if you just have this, I've got to get to the office. I've got to get home. I've got to get over here. i got to watch out about being hasty. It dulls your ability to be led by the Spirit. And I know there's been more than once times where I, I'm heading out the door and, and I'm not really a feeling, just a check, just a knowing, just like, whoa, you know, everybody's being led by feelings. Put feelings aside. Be led by the Spirit, that knowing on the inside. Just, just slow down, John. Slow down. Before you leave the house, just pray for two more minutes. Just walk the kitchen floor and pray. Just pray in tongues. Just pray in tongues for two more minutes. And I'm like in a hurry, so I'm really having to crucify my flesh. Okay, uh, all right, flesh, shut up. And sometimes the devil says, but you're going to be late, you're going to be late, you're going to be late. I totally believe in being on time all the time unless I have a leading of the Lord to not be on time today. Like, you know, 9-11, what an awesome time to be late. But see, your natural mind is, but, but I'm not a man of integrity if I'm going to go into work late. I won't be keeping my word. Listen, there's one thing greater than rules and regulations, and that's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, you know, I pray, and this happened more than once, pray, and then I slowly leave the house. And I get in my car, and I drive to work, and guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> Nothing can be really good. Yeah. No head-on collision. No dog ran out in front of my car. How many of you know the Lord don't want anybody hitting an animal in their car? He knows when they're going to go across the road, and he knows your timing. And if he tells you to slow down a little bit, slow down. I think this is important, especially in Colorado when you're driving in the, the country. Deer. I mean, I, we hit a deer one time, long time ago. My brother and I and a couple friends were headed up to Snowmass to watch Up With People. I don't know if you know what that is. But we were going up to the pavilion to watch Up With People, and we're headed up there, and we're in this little Toyota Corolla, and we're driving down the road, and I see this, and I'm not driving, but my brother's, and I see this deer coming right at us with horns and all, just coming right at the car, and it hit us. And I mean, it dented the car big time. And, you know, we had a pretty major wreck on our hands. And 
I'm thinking, you know what? 20 seconds would have made all the difference between hitting that, that deer hitting us or that deer not hitting us. I look back, I think, man, I wish I was led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> There's been times I know the Holy Spirit tried to get my attention, but I wasn't listening like I should have been, and it cost me. It cost me. Can I give you an example? <laughs> Let me give you two examples. Now this, you know, this isn't as serious as a life and death divine protection situation. But I remember one time we had a dog named Colby and I had been sitting at the chair in our house over there uh, here in town in our old house and I put my glasses on the nightstand and I was reading my book and our dog was known to chew things, you know, like plastic and stuff. And, but I was right here, the nightstand was right there, so I put my glasses on the nightstand, started reading my book. Something inside, not a real booming voice, actually kind of still and kind of small, but real, said, Pick, don't put your glasses on the table. Colby is going to eat them. Don't put your glasses on the table. Colby will eat them. Colby was the name of our Cocker Spaniel. And I just, you know, I just dismissed it thinking, he's not going to eat my glass. That's just my thought. That's, that's just me thinking. Well, sure enough, I look over there and they're gone. And he ate my glasses. And we're talking a couple hundred bucks, probably. Back then, maybe a hundred or so. But, and I thought, I had a thought. Something said, don't put your glasses on the end table. Colby will eat them. And I, and I didn't listen. Now, that's a hundred dollar mistake. Just recently, I'm going to share this one. Just recently, um, I really wanted this certain home theater. And because um, I don't, I, I had a sound bar, but I sold it and I wanted to get a home theater, you know, the big speaker, tower speakers, center channel, rear speakers, all new, new receiver, you know. And so I went to Best Buy and got a vision looking at all this stuff. And, and I thought, oh, I thought I was going to look on Facebook Marketplace and see if I can get a really good deal on this system I saw at Best Buy. And I, and I found one, 750 bucks, Salt Lake City. And so I, I'm looking at this system, I'm going, wow, this is amazing. I showed it to Carla. I said, Carla, look, because they compare it to the speakers that I saw at Best Buy. They, they said in the ad, it was just like the speakers I saw at Best Buy. And I'm looking, I go, 750, 2,500, 750, 2,500? Wow, I'm driving to Salt Lake. So I took Hunter with me, and we drove to Salt Lake. And uh, we got this system, and we came back home, and I looked it up not even close to the system they said it was. Had a broken tweeter in one of the, the tower cabinets. Not at all what he, they said. They said it was new and, it, and some things were just a couple years old. 2001, I opened it and it said 2001 on it. And, and so, and, and there's another story in there, but so I'm thinking, and I'm not, I haven't told Carla this yet, but I have to say this church, I knew before I left Something inside. It wasn't fear, like, you know, you're going to get an accident on your way to Salt Lake. It wasn't anything like that. There was just kind of a cloudiness about driving to Salt Lake. I didn't feel like it was the plan of God. It seemed like I was stepping into something that wasn't quite right. But I got in the car. My want for this system, what they said was pulling me. And so I came home, started talking bad about the system, and the Lord said, why do you want it to work, work even worse now? Talk good to it. At least I can make it sound good for you. And so it's being repaired right now and all that. But, um, but I'm thinking, these people, 
I mean, I, I shared it with somebody, and they said, you should take it to small claims court. And I'm thinking, yeah, and I got all the pictures, showed all the fraudulent, you know, looks of it all. And I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but I got everything down. I got, I got all the text, you know, on Messenger, 100% case. It's a perfect case. And the Lord said, it's your fault, talking to me. I didn't rip me off. They ripped me off. I didn't false advertise. They false advertised. I didn't scam me. They scammed me. He said, no, they didn't. I led, you, I, I led you by my spirit with a sensation on the inside that you shouldn't go, and you went anyway. If you would have listened to my spirit, you wouldn't have even bought the thing. You would have saved your money for the other one. I had to come to the realization I was responsible for getting scammed, not the people that scammed me, because I'm a child of God. And I'm led by the Spirit of God. And he tried to get my attention. But my desire for my home theater was greater than everything. And those people, and how many know the Lord knows if the people are telling the truth or not? Just because somebody says, man, this is the truth, you still better listen to the Holy Ghost about it because the Holy Ghost knows if they're a good liar or not. Or they may be ignorantly saying something they don't know. He knows what's going on. I had to come to the realization it was my fault. Because the Spirit of God tried to get my attention. I don't know how to explain it to you except that I knew inside. Inside, there was something gray about going on that trip. That's the only way I could explain Something gray. It wasn't in color. I, I, I planned and I've gone on many trips before and, and, it, and I knew it was right. Other trips maybe wasn't so right. I could tell this one was gray. Not like something bad's going to happen. Not like we're going to hit icy roads or anything. But something on the inside was great. That cost me 750 bucks. Now, I may be able to get some out of it if I resell it after I fix it. But I can't advertise it as what they advertise it because it's not even close. I mean, come on, guys. The one that they said it was was a 600-watt speaker and another 600-watt speaker. When I got them, they're 100-watt speakers. <laughs> That, that, that's kind of a little thing, but really it's not that little if you're all excited and you drive 250 miles one way. And, but I, um, a lot of times people need to, believers need to blame themselves instead of the person that hurt them because if you would have listened to the Lord, you wouldn't even been in contact with that person. I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to take these people to court. And the Lord said, take yourself to court. Because if you really believe my word and you really believe my leading, you can't blame them. If I would have been led by the Spirit, I wouldn't have even met these people. But we got people all the time blaming other people, blaming this person. Well, this person did be wrong, and this person did this, that, and this person did this. What about you? Were you being led of the Lord to even be close to those people that hurt you? Maybe the Spirit of God was saying, don't develop a relationship with them. Don't go do business with them. Don't do this. But you just do it anyway, and then they hurt you, and then you blame them? What's that called? That's called shuffling the responsibility and acting like a child. Sorry if that hurts you, but it's Wednesday night. I can legally do it. <laughs> do you guys hear what I'm saying? And if you, if you do that, because if you don't repent from the initial thing, it'll happen again. I don't want to just fix a situation in court with a person. I want to fix this never happening again. Yeah. 
Now, I wouldn't say I wouldn't have taken some action in this area if the Spirit of God did lead me to go. But in this particular situation, I was led not to go. Because I'm not against using the court system if we need to in this unbeliever area and places, you know. Now, when it comes to believers, you, you know, we don't take another believer to court. We go to the church and get it fixed. Paul said, why don't you take the wrong? God will take care of you. Just why go before unbelievers to settle a dispute among Christians? That's a little strange. Boy, that's, that went over like a lead balloon. Turn, turn to Matthew 23. We're almost done. <clears throat> Matthew 23. So do you see here, guys, if we're going to live in divine protection, one really important thing is to make sure that we're interested in following God's leading in our life, that we're interested in looking to the Lord and living a life of prayer and making sure that we're not just getting caught in the rut of whatever I want, that's what I'm going to do. Wherever I want to go, that's where I'm going to go. Hmm. I, I purpose in my heart not to let weather tell me what to do anymore. Right. I purpose in my heart. I'm not going to let good weather tell me, oh, this is time to take a vacation. And I'm not going to let bad weather say, oh, this is the time not to get on a plane. Right. Mm -mm. No, we're not weather-led. If we're weather-led, we're not spirit-led. Holy Spirit-led, right? I purpose not to be money-led anymore. I purpose not just to buy the cheapest. I purpose not just to, you know, be led by higher paying this or high... I... I, I, I we never want to be led by an increase of pay only. That is why we're going to switch a career or switch a job or move away. Never. We're not feeling led. If we're feeling led, we're not Holy Spirit led. If we're opportunity led, we're not Holy Spirit led. If we're fear led, we're definitely not Spirit led. We need to learn to just erase everything and say, what's leading me to do this? And then answer the question, is it fear, is it money, is it opportunity, is it another person, or do you have a peace from God that this is what you should be doing and where you should be going? That's how you miss disasters, right? Anybody interested in missing disaster? Develop sensitivity to being led by the Spirit of God. Um, Kenneth Hagin has some good books on this. One of them is called Following God's Plan for Your Life. He has a quote in that book, and he says this. He says a lot of people... He's, let, me, let me try to quote it exactly. He said, When believers are not interested in and don't want to follow God's plan for their life, they encounter trials in life God never intended them to encounter. Doing your own thing can be very dangerous. But I'm a good person. I give it to the poor. I love people. I've never said anything, you know, strong and bad to my spouse. And I don't cuss and I don't drink and I don't smoke. Great. Wonderful. But you don't have to, you, you don't have to be a terrible sinner for these bad things to happen. Just be nice on the road you want instead of what God wants. So look at this scripture. This is really interesting here. I'm going to show this out of a couple translations, and I don't know if they have it back there, but that's okay. Matthew 23. If you wouldn't mind, go to Matthew 23, and I want you to look at verse 37. 
Matthew 23:37. And I'm going to do you have this? We'll read it, King James. And if you could find the NIV after this, keep this up here for a minute. Jesus said, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets and stone them that are sent unto you, how often would I have gathered your children together even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings and you wouldn't let me." Oh, come on. Do you see this here? Do you have the New International Version of this? If you can find the NIV, I want you to see a little more modern translation. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets, there it is, and stone those sent to you, how often I long to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. You didn't respond to the gathering. You didn't respond. Let me read you one more translation, and you don't have to put this one up there. And it's the New Living Translation. Listen to this. Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. See, a lot of times people are not letting the Lord help them. He's wanting to gather. That's, that's, in other words, what he's saying is, Come here, little chicky chicky. And you don't have to. You can be a rebellious little chicky chicky, or you can be a good little chicky chicky that just doesn't hear his voice. Let me read it again. It says, Jesus said, How often, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather your children together like a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me gather you. You wouldn't let me bring you to that safe place. That's not God's will that people are destroyed. That's people not letting him help them in this situation. Do you see that? All right, what do we got? We got just a few minutes. Look at two more scriptures. Psalm 107. Let me ask you this question while you're turning to Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. How many people have been destroyed by simply being too close to people who are opening the door to dangerous things? How many people have been destroyed by simply being too close to people who are opening the door to dangerous things in their life? It's called um, judgment by association or destruction by association. If you get too close to some people, they're opening the door to things, attacks of the enemy, destruction. Just being too close, it could come on you. That's why you have to watch out too about associations. I know when I first got saved, I still had friends in the world who smoked pot, did cocaine, drank, hung out at bars, and I kind of still wanted to be around them because they were my friends. I, I kind of still wanted to be around them. And I, one day, I was coming home from church, I think it was, I said, you know, Roger and Lisa and all these, these guys are rocking out in the bar downtown here. I, forget, I think it was St. Regis at that time or something, but they're rocking out in the bar, and I'm totally clean, have no desire to drink, no desire to smoke pot, no desire to do drugs. I'm just on fire for God. And I said, I'm going to go down to that bar, and I'm going to just go witness to him. I'm just going to go let my light shine. And I walk in the bar, 
and they're playing some Ozzy Osbourne song and Lisa's you know, singing and she's got her bass and the Marshall amps behind them and, and I'm down there and, I, and so I ordered a 7-Up just to sit there and kind of you know, listen to them and I kid you not, <laughs> something jumped on me in the spirit, in the invisible world. I got on the devil's territory and the Lord didn't tell me to go. I know sometimes the Lord might tell somebody to go, but if he does, there'll be fruit and there'll be results, not just, you know, conversation. But I went, and so, all I can say, like Job said, a spirit passed before me and the hair of my neck stood up. I went to a place where demons congregated and influenced people. I was good. My intentions were right, but I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I tell you what, I put my seven up down. I felt like I, it's like everything changed its form. I, I felt like I was kind of losing it. And I, I, was, I had to just set my seven up down. I, I don't even know if I said goodbye to the band. I walked out, got in my car, and that thing was following me. I started driving down the road, and I said, God, I repent. I realized what I did. I got on the devil's territory, and the Lord didn't tell me to. I wasn't even ready for one thing. I was a baby Christian. Thought I, my intentions were right, but just because you have good intentions doesn't mean the devil's not going to shoot at you. And I learned a lesson. As soon as I repented and said, God, I'm sorry, that thing left me. I was going down Grand Avenue. That thing just left me. I started crying for joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't know what it was. That was my, one of my first encounters with a demon spirit. I didn't see it, but I felt it. It was awful. A hopeless paranoia thing, like, because they are hopeless in paranoia, and they just, what they're feeling gets off on you if they get on you. And so I realized a lot, that time right there, <clears throat> I'm not going on the devil's territory. <laughs> If the Lord tells me to, to go on the devil's territory with some Holy Ghost grenades and a few, you know, a few shotguns of the Bible and, and, and do that and get out. But uh, as far as hanging out, mm, I, uh, Kenneth Hagin has an interesting story in that area too where his son was attacked by a spirit when they got on the devil's territory. And uh, it was really interesting. I'm not going to get into it now, but um, he started having convulsions and he had to set him free. And they said, let's get out of here. We'll never get on this territory again. Um, but that's, you just got to watch out about being a good person, but in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, there was a, well, I'll get to that later. Let's just read this and close. Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> and we'll get into some more of this later as the Lord leads. The, the series might change its name next week. We might go from divine protection into more of what we're going to end with here. But I want you to look at Psalm 107, verse 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Is that what it says? For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, period. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, we talked a little bit about this in our Monday night Bible study, and before I close, I just want to whet your appetite here. We have been redeemed of the Lord from the hand of the enemy. We've been redeemed from Him messing with our lives, vexing us, harassing us. But the scripture here says we need to say something if we want to appropriate this redemption that's legally ours. How many want to be experientially free, not just legally free? Well, we are legally free, but if you want to experience it, you're going to have to speak up about it. Everybody say, speak up. speak up. Why? Because if we don't speak up about our redemption, 
the devil will illegally try to put things in our life that God doesn't want in our life. Just because God doesn't want it in your life doesn't mean it's not going to invade your life. You have to say something about it yourself. If something comes against you that is not lawful for you to have, like sickness, disease, fear, depression, paranoia, lack, poverty, if something tries to come into your life that Jesus sets you free from, you're going to have to open your mouth and say something about it if you don't want it to attach itself to your life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. You need to say it. I have been redeemed by the Lord out of the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed and I say it. I'm redeemed and I say so. Christ has redeemed me from these things. And there's some things we're going to get into here. And so just go to one more scripture and I'll let you go tonight. Go to Acts chapter 20. Well, actually, I'm not going to do that. Let's stand up. Um, that's, th there's something really, really good right around the corner here, and I'm really going to wait for it because I want, I don't want it to be the last thing you hear. I want it to be a whole service. So, Father, we just thank you. We have protection in the Lord. We're not afraid of anything. We're going to go forward in this life, and we believe you're going to lead us. Whether we're 100% aware of it or not, we're just going to purpose that our lives are in your hands and we're going to yield the best we know how and you're going to help us to avoid things that would bring destruction and you're going to help us to live our lives out doing the will of God. And we thank you, Lord, for perfect protection that comes only from you. Say this with me, guys. Say this. Jesus, Jesus. Thank, you thank you for the leading of the Spirit, the, of the, Spirit. the Spirit, of God Spirit of God in my life. I purpose, I purpose to look to you, to look to you more than I have. Than I have. And, I and I fully expect your promptings, your, promptings, your inward intuition, your leading to help me to live a protected life. Not because I'm afraid to die, but I want to stay here long enough to finish my course that you've called me to run, to be the blessing that you've called me to be. I am led by the Spirit of God, and He leads me perfectly. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.